The world as we know it has fundamentally changed. What was once considered the future of work is here now. We are operating in an all-digital, work-from-anywhere world. More and more consumers are supporting brands that align with their personal values. It's the values-driven firms that will rebound sooner and grow faster in this new world. Salesforce has partnered with Singapore Community Radio to bring you this podcast. We want to explore the opportunities and the challenges of this new world. We want to talk about the ways in which we will work going forward, how businesses can be a platform for change, and how technology will continue to impact the world. We have some amazing thought leaders, executives, and community advocates joining us, and we hope it sparks some inspiration and innovation for you. To learn more about us, you can head to our blog at salesforce.com slash ap slash blog. Hi, I'm Asha Perpetlal, and in this episode of How Businesses Can Be a Platform for Change, we speak to the CEO of the Salesforce Foundation and the Chief Philanthropy Officer at Salesforce, Ebony Beckwith. She manages a $400 million-plus portfolio and is helping the company navigate hyper-relevant issues such as leading the community response to COVID-19 and heading a task force committed to addressing racial injustice. Welcome, Ebony. Thank you so much, Asha. It's so good to be here. Firstly, Ebony, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Salesforce? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. So I think it might be helpful to just level set around giving back at Salesforce, which has actually always been a part of who we are and what we do from the very beginning of the company. And it all started with our 111 model of integrated philanthropy and, and a commitment to donate 1% of our product, our equity, and our time back into the community. And I, and I was thinking about this earlier, you know, that's either a, a good bet or a bad bet, right? So 0%, uh, 1% of zero is zero. <laughs> but really what we did is that we banked on the future success of our company. And we were willing to say that when we do well, we will share that with others. So as the CEO of the foundation and Salesforce's chief philanthropy officer, as you mentioned, I manage our strategic grants and I oversee a, a global team that leads our, our company's efforts to give back. And as you mentioned, I love getting involved with these hyper-relevant company issues like our disaster relief efforts, our COVID-19 response, and most recently our racial equality and justice task force. I, I co-lead that with a couple of my colleagues and I, and I say this all the time, but I truly believe that I have one of the best jobs ever. That's, that's amazing. I mean, tell us, tell us something about yourself. Tell us something that about you that people wouldn't expect, the, the personal Ebony. Okay, I can tell you a lot of good, good things, <laughs> little juicy tidbits. Um, let's see, I love, most people who know me know that I love cartoons. I have been watching cartoons since I was a youngster and I still watch them as an adult. I could watch Bob's Burgers all day long. It's my favorite cartoon show. Um, and I also have a love of classic cars. So it's interesting. My mom, when I, when I was growing up, she watched cartoons. So right. I share my love of cartoons with my mother. Right. And then I also have a love of classic cars. And I share this love with my dad. And we have a couple of classic cars that we, um, you know, go to see and drive and it's really a fun thing to share. If only you could have watched Roadrunner in a classic car, that would have been fun. <laughs> yes. That was my favourite cartoon growing up. So. Roadrunner is good. That's yeah. a good one. I could never figure out why he never died. So it was always, I had to tune into the next episode each time. 
Totally. Anyway, going back to going back to your career, what's been your career journey so far? Sure. So I graduated with a degree in computer science, and I actually started my career in financial services in that industry. And I managed technology and business operations at a company called Providian Financial Services, which then became Washington Mutual, which then became J.P. Morgan Chase. Wow. <laughs> so that was an interesting stint there. Um, and I was there for over a decade. And then I came to Salesforce actually more than a decade ago, again, thinking earlier in exactly one week, I'll have worked at Salesforce for 12 years. And I worked for our first female CIO. And it was in this role that I started to merge my technology background with my love and passion for philanthropy. And I started mentoring our interns uh, through our year out pro program and partnership. And I helped build the foundation for what our workforce development programs look like today. So it's a real, real privilege to that, uh, to be involved in that. And then that paved the way for me to join the salesforce.org team. And then I eventually became Salesforce's chief philanthropy officer, making philanthropy my career. So I often say and call myself an accidental philanthropist, but I would not have it any other way. I love what I do. What, what was the most challenging thing you've had to overcome as a woman in business? There, there have been many challenges, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, I started, I started my business career very early. I knew very early on that I wanted to be the boss of someone, something. <laughs> I <love> going. <laughs> Your background actually, Asha, reminds me of when I would go into downtown San Francisco to my mom's office. And in San Francisco, there's like the skyscrapers and they were amazing. And I knew that one day I wanted to work there. But as a young professional, it was hard for me to find my place. It was hard for me to find and use my voice. It was really difficult for me to really be authentic. You know, being figuring out things that you you wouldn't think about. Like you're you're a woman in tech. Am I do I manage like a man? Do I dress like a man? Do I speak like a man? How do I? How am I truly myself? You know, in in the in the business setting. And as I rose through the ranks, I started to struggle with imposter syndrome the more I climbed. And I, I recently was on a call with Mindy Kaleig and she was uh, doing a really amazing interview. And she said something that I thought was, this has stayed with me for the last month or so. And she said that, that women, especially women of color, have to work so much harder and be so much more prepared um, so it's difficult to feel like a real imposter because of everything we've had to do before we even get in the room. So, of course, you know, those feelings of doubt and insecurity still can creep in, but rarely does it take me to the place of where it used to, like, how did I get here? I don't deserve to be here. Um, Mindy really helped me to realize that I know exactly how I did, how I got here. I did the work and I continue to do the work every single day. So not to, not to say that I don't still have struggles, um, but I, I, I tend to work through them a lot faster now. That is brilliant. I think a lot of people need to hear that, especially at this time. Um, why, why does representation matter? You know, it, it, what we see around us matters whether it's in media, on the stage, in the boardroom, in the classroom, it really shapes how we see ourselves, how we see the world, and it really can impact what we believe is possible. You know, me going downtown in San Francisco, going to my mom's office, I had a vision and I was able to, you know, execute on that, for lack of a better word, um, you know, as I, as I came of age in, in my professional career. Um, I, 
I really used to feel like it was a burden to be the only woman in the room or the only person of color in the room. Now I view it as a strategic advantage and an opportunity because when I walk in the room, I can guarantee you there's only one Ebony. There is not another Ebony in the room. <laughs> I'm willing to bet money on you, that. You go there, you go. <laughs> there's only one Asha in the room, right? Actually, if you look at the phone great. directory, there is only one Asha Purpetlal in the entire phone directory here. <laughs> which is amazing, right? And that gives me strength. And and for me, I view it as an my obligation to help others. So I try to be a very positive female role model. Okay. Now this whole season we're focused on how business can be a platform for change. So what does that really mean for Salesforce? I mean in real terms, yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. So at Salesforce, we know that business is the greatest platform for change. We truly believe that going back to our founding. And it means that we want to utilize our platform, our resources, everything we have at our disposal to improve the state of the world. So it's not enough just to focus on the bottom line. We know that um, when we're successful, we, when we bring our value to all of our stakeholders, meaning our customers, our partners, our employees, our, our community, our planet, um, not just our shareholder, everyone benefits. And you know, I have, it's actually really, really relevant today. Uh, recently, we had to pivot our, our Dreamforce from an in-person event to a virtual event. And we had our keynote today. And knowing that this had has had a huge impact on the, the local community each year. We bring more than 170,000 people to San Francisco for a week. You wow. know, we had to do something. You know, for many, many years we've been doing this. So yeah. what I love is we got together and we, we decided we wanted to, to, to do more to help the community, especially in this critical time. And we announced $2 million in small business grants to support local businesses that are already struggling from the pandemic. So while we can't control what's going on with the pandemic and how it impacts the cities and their protocols, what we can control is our impact and how we choose to help and where we choose to help. And that makes me feel really great about working at Salesforce. So it's, is that, has the pandemic changed the focus in that sense for, for Salesforce a bit or has it accelerated your community projects? It's kind of a yes and a no. We were already doing a lot of this work. We were serving um, those who are hard hit, un working in underserved communities already um, with our focus areas. But when COVID hit, we, we felt that we needed to do more. So we, we took very immediate action, um, but we also had to think about our long-term strategy. So in the short term, for example, we reached out to all of our grantees and, we, and it was very simple. We just asked the question, how can we help? What do you need? Um, and they, they let us know. And, and not only were we able to provide resources, but we were able to rally others, um, other nonprofits and other corporations and say, Here, here's what the need is. And together we can you know, start filling some of these gaps. We also set up a fund for our grantees because we recognize that our grantees will be impacted. You know, you think about a lot of the nonprofits having um, in-person fundraisers. They're no, it's where they get a lot of their revenue, right? They need to pay their staff. And so we wanted to make sure that we, we help offset that for them. So this fund helped with their short-term needs. And then we took a look at those other immediate needs. We started supporting organizations working on the front lines of COVID-19. 
We delivered PPE, millions and millions of PPE all around the world, which is really cool to be a part of that. And as we mentioned early, we spun up because in the middle of a pandemic, we had racial equality and injustice. Uh, and so we also spun up uh, a racial equality and justice task force uh, really focused around taking urgent action against uh, racism, violence, and hate that was going on uh, in the U.S. and then globally. And then yeah. I'll just have, can I do one no, go, more? Go, go, go ahead, uh, yeah. I think what's been really cool is that COVID gave us the ability to really revisit our strategy and see really verify if we were doing the right thing, see if we were funding in the right areas. Um, and, and it really enabled us to create relationships and partnerships that were so much deeper. And I think that that's sort of the silver lining of COVID um, is that relationships have been deepened, not just in business, but personally. And it's it's been really nice to see that. Okay. Um, what about the nonprofits here in Singapore? What about have you been helping some of those over here as well? Yes. Well, our Singapore team has always been extremely passionate about giving back. Uh, I I cannot I cannot even understate that uh, underscore that enough. Uh, we have a Salesforce tradition in Singapore that's been around for over a decade, and it's a fundraising event called Cloud Run. And our employees gather once a year and compete in a 5K run to raise funds for nonprofits close to their hearts, which is really, really cool. So to date, Cloud Run has raised over $1 million. And, you know, that's just one way that our Singapore team wow. is supporting nonprofits. They've supported um, water, waterways, watch society. It's always a hard one for me to say. <laughs> say the alliteration in there, yeah. The alliteration is beautiful. Yeah. Tea Project and Food from the Heart. We also, and that's just like with uh, donations and uh, in-person volunteering when we were able to do that. Now we're, we've transitioned all of our volunteering to virtual. We also do pro bono work. And so that's helping implement Salesforce. So Liberty Shared and um, Action for AIDS uses Salesforce to enhance their ambitious goals to end eradicate AIDS uh, in Singapore by 2030. So I could probably go on and on about the amazing things that the Singapore team is doing. They're actually leading the charge uh, in a lot of respects in the company um, and really um, have rallied, especially in this pandemic, to bring hot food to frontline workers, to refurbish laptops so families in need can have uh, the, the tools to, to get online. And it's been really heartwarming to see their response to this pandemic. You've been doing philanthropy for so many years. Does it feel a little bit more special at this time because the need is so much? Absolutely. Um, you know, what I love about this role is that I'm able to see my immediate impact, you know, day after day. Uh, the urgency of the time we're in right now and just seeing so many people need so much. This pandemic has been uh, an equalizer and I don't think we'll go back to to normal after this. Um, every day is that, that we're building the next, the new normal. And so what's been really nice is to see people rally together, to have employees, to have partners, to have um, members of the community really want to be involved like never before. I think the 
awareness of the need has heightened people's compassion. And it's been really amazing to see and to partner with, with members of the community on this. What about company compassion? I mean, uh, if a company was at the start of this journey, you know, and they wanted to embed a culture of giving into the organization, I mean, Salesforce has been doing it for many years. What, what would you say to them? What, where can they start? You know, start when you have a little. <laughs> <laughs> and then right like now, money. right now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I think my suggestion would be um, to start with uh, employee time. That's an easy way to, um, to get started. You know, mo- you probably have employees. You, you, most companies have this already, you know, because a lot of people give their time. You know, a lot, when, I, when I first started this role, I was, I went on like a a campaign to educate people around what is volunteer time? You know, a lot of people spend their weekends already at, you know, food kitchens, or they are helping with their kids nonprofit. They didn't even know it was a nonprofit, you know, Boy Scouts (laughs) broke up, you know what I mean? And so they're just helping. Boy Scouts is a nonprofit program. (laughs) (laughs) Boy Scouts broke up. I learned something new today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's so many organizations that people are giving their time to. Um, so just making an official program around it and, and giving your employees the permission to take time away from, from their job um, to do it, one hour, 20 hours, whatever it works for your company, but just starting there. And it should um, be easier now, right? Because people are working yeah. from home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I, I do have to put in a small plug uh, for organizations like Pledge 1%. They provide the tools and the resources to create structure around dedicated giving back programs. So no matter the size of your company, you can create measurable impact. So at pledge1percent.org, anyone can go on there and get access to free resources um, to implement volunteering programs. They have they give away playbooks on how to set aside equity. So it, it, it's really an amazing resource for uh, companies who want to get started in giving back. Sounds brilliant. What was the name of the organization again? I just want you to repeat it. Sure. It's Pledge 1% and their website is pledge1percent.org. Fantastic. Now, final question. Uh, Should every company have a chief philanthropy officer or more importantly, should every company have a chief philanthropy officer like you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's so sweet. Um, Well, I think that impact is everyone's job. Right. But with that said, I think that creating a role and providing dedicated resources really signals that it's a priority to the company, both internally and externally. And it creates a really awesome ripple effect because people will want to work at your company because they can see the dedication to giving back. And I think that is a strategic corporate differentiator, especially in times like now. Thank you very much, Ebony. Thank you. It's lovely speaking with you. You as well. Thank you so much for having me.